3: Do not adjust your listening device. My name is Dan Saracini. I am joined by my friend Michael Leebop. But this is not Islanders Anxiety. This is a brand new Lighthouse Hockey podcast experience. We're calling Weird Islanders the podcast. And Mike, I know you're excited. You're as excited as I am for this because this is an idea we've been kicking around for a very long time.
2: Yeah, we needed we needed to have a a long enough list of of weird <laughs> Islanders before we felt co- confident that right. uh we, we could do it and we finally did it and um, yeah this is yeah. uh this is a show that basically uh, might have an audience of 3 <laughs> but those three people also might be on this podcast but it's going to feel very very good to right. get get all this off the off the chest because there's a lot to unpack
3: Definitely, and I think the Islanders are uniquely suited for this. The other thing we needed, besides just a long list of weird Islanders, and we'll get to the what makes a weird Islander in a little bit. The other thing we needed was an interminable gap between games, which is <laughs> <was> like what's <laughs> happening right now. So we thought, all right, well let's uh, you know let's do something fun. And so Mike was like, we should do one of those ideas. So I was like, this is perfect. Let's do this. So, uh, Weird Islanders is mostly about Mike and I talking, but we're going to have a guest. The idea of the show is to always have a guest on. And so, for our first ever guest on Weird Islanders, we could think of nobody else to bring on, but our good friend, you know him from Lighthouse Hockey, you know him from Islanders Anxiety, he is Carry Haber. Carry, how are you?
4: I am good. I am so ready for this, guys. Thank you for having me on.
3: No problem. This is you're the only person who could possibly have have sailed this maiden voyage with us, and so uh, we're we're happy to have you aboard. So let's first establish what we mean when we say a weird islander, okay? Because this is this is kind of the important thing. And as Cosmo Kramer says, without rules, there's chaos. So for to be a weird islander doesn't mean that the guy is necessarily a weird guy, like in his personal life. I'm sure these are all very normal, well adjusted human beings that you know live life as normal <laughs> as possible. But what we say by a weird Islander is a couple of criteria that we feel that these guys fit into one. They have to, well, they obviously played for the Islanders, but they have to have played for the Islanders for a season or less. Um, there's a couple of guys that might kind of push that to the envelope, but uh, a season or less, or if they played in multiple seasons, very short stints of multiple seasons. So exa- for example, a guy who played one season for the Islanders that would be considered a weird Islander would be Zenon Kanopka came in, played the one season, made a lot of fans, and then disappeared into the ether, and we (laughs) haven't seen him again. Um, And then a guy who played a bunch of seasons for a little bit would be somebody like recently deposed Blackhawks coach Jeremy Colleton, who was an Islander farmhand for about five years and played, I think, a total of, like, what, 15 games or something for them over the course of about three seasons. So those guys would be considered weird Islanders. The other criteria would be a veteran NHLer who is generally not considered to be a, an islander or thought of as an islander. And so the classic example of that would be somebody like a Cliff Ronning, uh, you know, <laughs> known mainly for Van playing for Vancouver, maybe Nashville a little bit, definitely not the Islanders. Nobody ever thinks of Cliff Ronning as an islander. He except would be us. the perfect. Except for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he would be the perfect weird islander. So that's the criteria for making it on this show. And we're hoping to continue on and have great discussions with uh, various guests about these many Weird Islanders. So we asked Carrie who he wanted to be, the first ever subject of the Weird Islanders, the podcast, and he came up with a guy who is the perfect candidate. Now, hopefully not all of these are going to be uh, a, a bitch sesh about <laughs> a certain Islander, but this just happens to be a guy that this is going to end up being that way. So just so you're off the top of your head. So just so you know. So Carrie, please introduce the player for whom you have chosen to make the subject of this episode of weird Islanders, the podcast.
4: Well, I thought you never asked. I thought we would start this podcast by choosing someone who is, who was just as disappointing as the season has been so far. (laughs) And we will start it off with Brian Rolston. Wow.
3: Perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Uh, Brian Rolston. uh, I'm sure people listening to this will remember uh, if you're a fan of lighthouse hockey, you're red, you know, that he was, uh, not very well liked during his time with the Islanders. Let's, let's just start right there. So he came over in 2011 in a trade for Trent Hunter, uh, in a salary dump. Uh, basically the devils wanted to dump his three point something million dollars off on somebody else. They turned it to the Islanders. They got Trent Hunter. People are like, Oh, is Trent Hunter gonna play for the devils? Trent Hunter never played for the devils. He ended up <laughs> getting waved right. And signing with the Kings. And uh, well, we'll get to it a little bit, but Rolston never really kind of took to the Islanders. So I should start out by asking you, what, what made you pick Brian Rolston? What made you sort of focus in on him?
4: Well, the Islanders have this thing going on with the Devils, like hmm. with just Lou bringing in all of his old guys. And it was the time uh, in the Devils history when they were doing what they could to clear salary to sign Zach Parisey. Mm-hmm. and it was also the time when the Islanders were doing anything they literally possibly could do to reach the cap floor in as efficient financially as a way possible yes. and it just felt like this was the right time to to talk about someone who did basically nothing else but take slap shots from his own blue line that hit the glass again very reminiscent of the kind of season that that we've had so far and i just it just it just felt right
3: yeah yeah um yeah
2: and, and that 2011 12 team that Rolston was the talisman for it's <laughs> basically the weird Islanders all-star if you look at that team right. it's just it's everybody I'm sure that when Brian Rolston w- walked into the locker room and, and looked around and saw oh look you know there's Marty Reasoner there's Mark Eaton Steve wow. Steos. Like these are guys that these I've are been all guys playing on the against list. yeah yeah but there's all all guys that I've been playing against in the NHL and how did we all end up at Nassau Coliseum <laughs> when it was truly, truly crumbling. Like this right. was this was the oh my God, the Coliseum is just falling apart at the seams. Mm. Uh you know, and then but it, it was it was a hilarious team because you had the mish the mishmash of disappointing or I should say disappointed veterans who were probably like, God damn it, how did I end up here? <laughs> and then the young emerging core, the you know, the Tavares Oposo core. And you just couldn't you couldn't pick a worse guy and <laughs> then right. have in that locker room, I think at that point then Brian Rolston, like he just like was a at like what was he 30 probably 38 at that point he was 38 yes yeah 38 yeah. so he comes in he's clearly there for one reason one reason only it's because he he's just seeing at the end of this year he's going to be shipped out at the trade deadline that's a little foreshadowing mm. um but he's just couldn't you you want you we we've seen what what like having good veterans and good um you know good culture in the room is and it was it was you know that cliche was poo-pooed for so long and now we actually see like oh no it actually matters and when you get a guy like brian ralston who as carrie said like literally did nothing that season besides you know he would stay in the perimeter run the point on a terrible power play <laughs> instead of mark Strite. like it, you you got him being the focal point instead of Strite or Tavares or post. so someone who you want to develop but no we're all trying to feed brian ralston for these uh really really low percentage slap shots and I think what, what it took you guys – I don't know what it took you guys, but it took me like six games to be like, God, I really do not like this guy. Like of all the lists of that team, like Jay Pandolfo was on that team, and I would much rather have Brian uh, Jay Pandolfo than Brian Ralston, I think.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, Jay Pandolfo only played one one season with the Islanders, and I thought that was shocking to me. Like it felt I felt like he was here for five years. <laughs> How was that? But we talked about this guy ad nauseum. It seemed like every day for years, but it was one season. It was, I it was who just remembers that cold. he
2: traded these devils to us back then too. Or like yeah. where these devils ended up here. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. Mike Mato, like like Lou, we we were we were yeah. ha- you know, this this was relationship was fostered by you and you're right. just now on the other side of it.
3: Yeah. Um the thing is that obviously the Islanders GM at the time was Garth Snow and he was uh an acolyte or I guess or a, a protégé of of Lou in some way and uh the thing that sticks out to me about Rolston has to do with Snow, and that is that I forget if this was at the end of the year or the beginning of the year, but uh Snow had a sit-down with the MSG at the time. Might have been Deb Placey, but it might have been Peter Rootgazer. I'm not even sure who was uh Mike, you might remember or who was on the uh the MSG think at that was, time. I think
2: it was Pete because that yeah. was the year before I interned and I uh with, with Stan Fischler, but I went yeah. to a game um to like kind of just get the lay of the land yeah. before uh, that the next season, which was delayed for the lockout, but hmm. uh, I worked a game, and actually the first Islander that I ever spoke to, right after, uh, I think the first, per- first NHL player I ever spoke to was uh, Dyn- Dynas Zubris, because they were playing the Devils, and right. then the first Islander I ever spoke to was Jay Pandolfo.
3: Oh, well, there you go. Legend. legend Jay-, Jay Pandolfo. But I remember Snow talking about Rolston as a potential like solution for the power play, and he kept saying over and over again, there's more than one way to skin a cat. As in, there's more than one way to goose what was, as Mike said, an absolutely terrible power play. And I kept thinking to myself, yeah, I guess that's true. It's along the long lines of, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day, those sort of paradigms. But is this really how the Islanders plan on fixing their power play? Because that didn't seem like a good idea at the time. Now, Rolson was coming off a couple of, like, resurgent seasons with the Devils, but it's not like he'd ever really been known as sort of like this power play guy. And... I mean, Carrie, you you've seen power plays in the NHL operate at high levels. That was not one of them, and I don't know if trading for Brian Rolston was ever the solution that Garth at least pretended to make it sound like in that ridiculous press conference. Man, I, I really wish that was on YouTube somewhere because that's a real that's a real treasure trove right there. So the
4: whole <laughs> the whole the whole season is hilarious in retrospect, <laughs> but because like they had they had really high hopes that year like that was their fortieth anniversary they hmm. were like bringing back like all these guy like all, all these like big guns to celebrate this and it was uh it was right after the uh the august first vote got rejected oh, God, so, yeah like, it was like in a lot of ways it was like a lot of people were feeling now or never we really need to start winning and the whole the whole thing that was like kind of ridiculous about it was. He traded Trent Hunter for Rolston, right? A guy Mm -hmm. who had been there like forever and who at that point could do nothing else, but take slap (laughs) shots from his own blue line or another guy who could do nothing else, but take slap shots for his own blue line. And yes, sold it as if it was going to be this massive boon for the power play. Meanwhile, like they were getting Mark Stripe back that year after he missed an entire year of injury. They also had, and actually like really dynamic power play with Tavares, Molson, Parento, and um Oposo at that point. And he just stuck this guy in there, mm. you know, as a former teammate of Doug Waite on Team USA. And they're like, You can you can do this. You, you 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 can and he he really couldn't. I'm looking at his stat sheet right now. He shot 3.6 percent that year. <laughs> he had four goals on 112 Ow. shots. And let me yeah. tell you, I feel like I remember every single one of those 112 shots.
3: Four goals, five assists in 49 games as an Islander. Minus 12. Uh, this is a show. I think it's fair to use plus minus on. That's just an absolutely terrible, singularly terrible stat line right there. 49 games. He had nine points. This is your power play weapon, <laughs>
2: really. And the Hunter thing is, that's the juxtaposition here, right? Like you're getting, right. you're trading away a guy who made the most of whatever handful of talent he had. Because I think we all know what Trent Hunter, you know, he was, uh, I I mean, I think back to it now. And we can't believe that guy was almost one rookie of the year. <laughs> uh, but he, what he did was he gave everything he had every night on the ice and got his big body in the way and had a decent shot. Trent Hunter, uh, like you were saying but uh, other than that you're like this i i still can't fathom in my head him ever being like this productive player mm. even though i saw it and it happened and if andrew raycroft didn't exist we would have been a, uh the rookie of the year um <laughs> but uh like if you asked if uh around the league you said have you ever heard of trent hunter to However many fans there are in the NHL right now, I think you're looking at like five percent outside of the Islanders that mm. know who he is. And he was actually a very important piece to the Islanders. And yeah, like you said, at a salary dump where they just needed to get to the floor, and Lou yeah. was just looking for a warm body to yeah. well, to make sure that he, he didn't get sued by the NHL. Like it, it, <laughs> it really is a little depressing to think that you know Trent Hunter's Islander career ended, uh, you know, with with that whimper of Brian Ralston coming in
3: in return. It was a pure financial transaction that actually benefited both teams because the Islanders did get to the salary cap cap floor or this you know this, yeah but uh I'm looking at the article here from all about the jersey uh which is the uh, SB Nation Devils blog and uh the title says it all the albatross flies to long island like that's what he was. Brian Rolston was a salary cap albatross that was like basically an obstacle in their way of re-signing Zach Parise. Now obviously we know Later on, they did not sign Zach Parisi, but you can't fault them for trying. And they cleared up almost nine, eight, you know, it was, uh, it was three something million at the time, bringing them to almost 7.9 million all told. And, you know, you think, all right, well, that's a good start to signing Parisi. And of course, it didn't work. But yeah, this was a pure financial transaction. And even then, it's hugely disappointing on so many levels, not just on the ice, but like, yeah, trading Trent Hunter had been around, you know, that the cap savings didn't work. And then it's just it ended up. He's just a, it was just a singularly demoralizing thing watching Rolston play for the Islanders. And there's a video on YouTube by our friend Kevin Schultz, if you could find it, that just shows him just sort of pinballing around the ice. He doesn't really hit anybody, doesn't really do anything offensively. He's not really playing defense. He's just sort of running around. And, I, you know, you you bring up a good point. Like, I wonder what his thought process was at the time, like how did I end up here? Like I've been playing against these guys. Now, I mean, it it goes without saying Rolston had a very long career with the devils. He won a cup with them in 95, uh, nine years altogether in two stints with New Jersey. Um, and after playing with the Bruins and the wild and the avalanche for a little while, but, uh, you know, any kind of sort of veteran savvy or experience he could have brought into that locker room. It certainly didn't seem like he was doing anything. Certainly not on the ice, definitely not off the ice. And, uh, it's just a weird thing to know that this guy played for your team and he accomplished so, so little in such a small amount of time. Uh, it's very weird. So, you see, uh,
4: <laughs> before Twitter mm. was the era of message boards. And, ah, yes. And I had the pleasure of going back <laughs> to my old stopping grounds, Island Romania, and really looking back at not only what I said, but just kind of what the general... Uh, like general mindset of the fan base was around this time. And it's like, it's pretty wild. First of all, like full <laughs> disclosure, I wrote on July 28th, 2011, I'm mixed on this. Rolston is better than Hunter, which was true, barely. Yes. Uh, but they still need a defenseman, but at least they're closer to the cap floor. It helps the devil sign Parisi, even if they were going to find a way anyway, which was not true. <laughs> and then I wrote, wouldn't it be funny if the Isles bought Rolston out after Como's arbitration case? And wow. And I wonder yeah. if he thought that was going to happen because one of, the, one of the other things that was going around this time was for like the 600th time, Alexei Yashin could be seen skating at Iceworks. <laughs> and, and everybody thought that the Islanders were going to sign Alexei yeah. Yashin to be their third line center. Which, which if they had bought Brian Ralston out, they would have had the money to do that. Mm.
1: Oh.
3: Wow. Yes. Wow. I mean, for our first episode of a Weird Islanders podcast, we have really, I mean, this is just, this is a grand slam. I mean, you're hitting all the things right now the weird trades, Trent Hunter, cat mules, Yashin skating at Iceworks, getting ready for the season that never happened. All we need is a Radic Martinez sighting there. But uh, so, so what, I mean, what else is there that you wrote about Rolston at the time? I mean, could you find another? kind of thing probably maybe from the middle of the season or something. like <laughs> I can't believe this guy is still here. Yeah, well um,
4: one one of the things that as I was going back and looking was like the 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 community of Islander Media immediately figured out like this guy was putting in about, about as little as effort as humanly possible, especially once the team started to to lose, starting with I believe what was a shutout in the home opener. Like it, things were <laughs> things were bad from day one that year. I was uh, very much on the, this guy's going to figure it out train because I don't Mm. really know why. Um, And just kind of like reiterated the point that like they're paying him real money. They paid very little amount of Mm. players real money back then. So like there was no way that he was coming out of the lineup. And then finally in January, like right before he got traded, I came around and was like, you guys are right. He sucks (laughs) and he's really dogging it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I feel, I feel like I was like about 35
2: games too late on that one. Mm. He, oh. Yeah. He, he, I remember him getting, when he got traded because I, that, that trade deadline or approaching it, the Islanders had a couple players that it was going to take a, uh, a lot of work for Gar Snow to find a taker. Um, mm-hmm. ben, and Pandolfo was one of them. Mike Mato was one of them and Ralston and, Mato and, and and Ralston ended up getting traded together, um, to the Bruins. Yeah, yeah. So the Bruins, uh, where I and I don't I remember, I don't know what it was, and somehow I I ended up seeing a Bruins game. I I was in college up then, and I was in, in Connecticut, so maybe that's how. And um, and watching Ralston play and being like, yeah, he's still not good, but he's he's playing like he had 15 points in 21 games with the Bruins after 9 and 49 with the Islanders and yes I'm sure part of that is that he had better players around him uh rather than you know Zenit Konopka but uh he it was so I don't know if I can remember a player where it was so clear and you know maybe Kirk going back to Dan would know better because of Kirk Muller and he was you know of age to to see these things then but I can't remember a player where I was like this guy is just not Playing hard at all for the Islanders, <laughs> and uh, as someone who who you know, I send you two of all the time. Like when I'm at the games at the Coliseum or UBS Arena, I'll see a great jersey, like you know, Mike York, or just, sitting in front of me at Game Six against the Lightning was an Aaron Ness jersey next to a wow. Steve Steyo's jersey. So, like I send this, <laughs> you never see a Ralston jersey ever, no. and that's saying something because there's always somebody who is going to have a jersey. I don't know if I've ever seen one.
3: Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, I don't know anybody. As Kerry said, like throughout the course of the season, even if you had and I mean, you know, I may have bought snow's cat skinning analogy early in the season. But, yeah, it did not take long before you games went by when you're like, was he even playing out there? And yeah, he was. Yeah, I can't I like, can't see anybody actually going to buy a jersey or and the other thing, too, that you bring up is he was traded at the deadline. So he wasn't even around for the sort of like jersey off your back you know, promotion that they always have where somebody always ends up. My friend Keith Dallas has a, uh, I think a Brian straight Jersey, like, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, cause that's how we got it. It was some kind of weird way like that, a team auction or something like that. But um, yeah. So at the deadline, you know, the Islanders were already way out of it at this point. And you know, we didn't think that I remember this too. We didn't think that they were ever going to get rid of them, but you know, you when you think about like, well, who could they possibly trade for? Who could, who would possibly, who on this team could somebody possibly want you know, Rolston was a name that came up. And it's like, well, not if they have a TV, right? If they have seen this guy dogging it all season long. But sure enough, they managed to trade him. And Dom's headline says it all too. NHL trade deadline, rabbit out of hat. <laughs> Islanders trade Rolston Motto to Boston Bruins. They got two two prospects back. I don't think either of these guys ended up playing for the Islanders at all. Vin- Yannick Rando and uh, Mark Canton. I thought we thought Canton might have ended up being something, but it turns out not. And then, of course, Like you said, Rolston goes on to have a very productive last couple of months with the Bruins, which is just another sort of just kick in the groin. (laughs) It's like, wait, hold on a second. Yeah, okay, this team wasn't very good, but like now all of a sudden you're going to turn it on to help these guys win. I I just and of course, like I guess it all came back to him because that was the year the Devils went to the Cup final. So like he ended up, you know, kind of watching his friends go all the way there, and uh, I'm sure he was kind of caught up about it. But uh, but yeah, this this article here. Uh, it's his name isn't on here, but I would bet money that this is a Joe Haggerty joint because this article here at NBCSports.com about the Bruins, uh, Brian Rolston finding some kind of fountain of youth is the lead. Uh, it just screams hags. It screams him
2: because this is just, <laughs> it's a little ridiculous. Um, so like, <laughs> and I like, if you go to his Wikipedia page, Brian Rolston, the picture mm. of is of him in a Bruins Jersey. And if you look in the background of that picture, the thumbnail, there's Josh Bailey looking over us all. Of course, of course. On on January
4: 11th, 2012, I wrote, even Josh Bailey has more points. Wow. In 2012. (laughs) That was bad. That sounds like sacrilege today. Ouch. (laughs) And the the other thing that I'm now remembering as I'm reading through this thread right now is that apparently he wore a letter. He wore an A. Wow. They they gave him a letter. (laughs) And he took that uh, responsibility, or whatever you want to call it, and basically decided to just piss on their logo and do nothing about it. That's too funny.
2: Yeah, mean, I, that's that's. I think that the criteria back then to wear a letter was you were either you were old. That's yeah, you it. marched right, and you maybe you played with Gar Snow at like you know <laughs> either University of Maine or or the U.S. World Championship team. Yeah, uh, that was he, it. He
4: played. He so this is another thing I found out he played college at Lake Superior State and was teammates with
3: Doug assistant Wade.
4: coach Doug Waite.
3: There you Sorry. go. Yeah. All <laughs> comes back around. Yeah. I mean, none of this is really surprising, but there are little details that I had forgotten. I definitely forgot about the letter. But again, that makes total sense. Like, why wouldn't they slap a letter on a guy who, you know, had been in the league for 14 years and won a cup and did all that stuff? I guarantee you that somebody thought this is going to be great for Josh Bailey. He's going to learn the ins and outs of the game <laughs> for veterans. veteran veteran champion like Brian Rolston. Meanwhile Rolston's like, you know, he's he's dressing out the door and and on the Meadowbrook Parkway before anybody else gets in the locker room and practice, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Oh boy. Yeah. So uh yeah so Rolston did did get sent to the Bruins at the trade deadline. He ended up playing seven playoff games, one goal, two assists. Uh did the Bruins play the Devils that year in the playoffs? Uh they did not. They lost to the Capitals. Um But, uh, yeah. And then, and then he retired and, uh, is now, uh, I guess coaching for the Red Wings, uh, or a, I guess a junior Red Wings team or something in Michigan, uh, where he's from. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention he was an 11th overall pick. I just found that out too. So, and of course his brother, Ron, uh, coached the, uh, the Sabres for a while. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, as far as Islanders legends go, Ryan Rolston is definitely not one. It, it would make <laughs>
2: sense that he was a first-round pick because I remember that team having mm-hmm. like completely over-indexing on first-round picks, but a lot of them just were terrible. Like Tavares, obviously, <laughs> um, Oposo, Bailey. I thought you were
3: talking about the Devils for a second there. Oh, sorry. Guess. I'm
2: talking about the Islanders. I'm talking about that Islanders team with Rolston. Like, you think right. about all those – like there were a lot of first-round picks on that team that just right. – we're not <laughs> half their team, half their team. we at one point a first round pick, like Al Montoya, first round pick. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you, you go Calvin DeHaan played for them that year. It's just, I remember being like, how is this, this team is better than they're getting credit for. They have all these first round picks. But then when the first round picks you're talking about are, uh, <laughs> right. are uh, Steve Steos and Brian Ralston. I think Steos was second round pick. So, you know, he's really a scrub, but uh, yeah, that team. Oh God. Uh that
3: team had uh, a guy you're definitely going to hear from again on this podcast, Ty Wishart was also on that team. He played one Yeah,
2: another first round pick.
3: <laughs> there you go. There. Oh my god. Uh yeah. So that basically closes the book on the Brian Rolston era and I mean again, if you were reading Lighthouse Hockey at the time, he was a a frequent frequent whipping boy and I got to tell you, he pretty much earned all of those whips because he was absolutely terrible. <laughs> as an islander uh and uh yeah i do wonder what his i i, I carry the more i think about it that buyout theory i think holds a lot of water for me i think he thought they were going to buy him out or probably put him on waivers or trade him you know at the deadline but like before like i wonder if garth was like look we'll we'll figure out a place to send you you know as soon as we can and then as soon as we can ended up being like late march uh, <laughs> when the trade deadline ha- oh excuse me late february when the trade deadline happened so uh i could see that happening
4: apparently they waived him in the end of february
2: oh.
4: and uh garth snow said we feel guys like david Alstrom deserve more ice time <laughs> and then he said casey sezikis came up and proved he could play at this level and david has already done that as well and there you go. if that's if that's not the, the most like 2011, 2012 Garth snow state, like the only other thing he could have said was that we are a young team decimated by injuries. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh man. Wow. Alstrom. David Alstrom. <laughs> yeah. That's a big one. Uh, and uh... I, how that guy didn't make it. I don't know. He was, he was a force every time he stepped on the ice. I liked
4: Allstrom. Yeah. I did too. He could skate like, yeah, and they didn't really have a lot of guys that could skate
2: back then. No, he was a, he was like a more fleet of foot. Jesse Yoensu. And, and and I remember getting so excited when they played the Penguins in that series in two thousand thirteen. Anytime I saw Ulstrom's coming in. I'm like, Ulstrom's coming in. The penguins don't have an answer for Ulstrom. <laughs> the
3: thing I always remember about David Ostrom is he had a great head of hair. He had mm-hmm. very blonde, yeah. short but like tight hair. It was like uh like the human torch from the Fantastic Four. Like if you remember the old Silver Age like human Fantastic Four comics, he had that kind of like it was like uh it was like made out of clay. Uh that's the the hair I always picture on David Ulstrom, but uh yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those guys. He was a, a, a perennial prospect, as we say. He was always kind of just about there, but never quite over the line to being like, this is a, this guy is an actual player that the Islanders are going to use from, from here on out. So, But I didn't expect to hear his name in this,
2: in this uh, retrospective. I'm, 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 yeah, well, you look at it. David Alstrom. he was one of the classic guys where we, we thought he was going to be great and got really pissed anytime Capuano didn't scratch him or he didn't get called up for mm. players like, ryan ralston and uh and it was always a it was always an indictment when these guys would uh, leave the islanders and nobody would sign them they would just go yeah. to europe and you never hear from him again but then what did david olstrom do he came back in 2018 he came back to north america in 2018 signed an ahl deal with the tucson Ro- road runners mm. scored 23 points in 29 games and uh that's 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 the end of his wikipedia page so i don't know where wow. he is now but jeez there you go. I wonder if, if, they, if you put David Allstrom and Brian Ralston in a room together, how long <laughs> it would take for either of them to know that they know the other one?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at his uh, hockey reference page. Yeah, he signed a, a free agent as a free agent with the Coyotes. That must have been when he played for uh, the Roadrunners. But yeah, oh, yeah, no, there's there's no way these two guys have any idea they were in the same locker room together for six or seven months, 10, 20 years ago, <laughs>
2: or whatever it was. It would be wow. a fun game show to do, to like, not just with the Islanders, but like with, with hockey teams yeah. and like to be like, let's see how, if, you know, you just line up guys and then point to like, you know, Bill Guerin and be like, can you, can you recognize how many of these guys can you name? And then put them <laughs> against a fan to be like, I can name all. There's, there's a
3: classic them. story that I can't tell until we talk about a certain player on, uh, on this, uh, podcast, but I, I would be there. There, there, there are definitely cases of guys not knowing, who was in their locker room at the time. And I'm not talking about the classic. Th- that's a, apparently an apocryphal story. I'm sure you've all heard of Ricky Henderson going up to John Olerud when they were both with the Mets and being like, Hey, I used to play with a guy in Toronto that wore a helmet to play first base too. And John Olerud being like, yeah, that was me, Ricky. Like that's apparently like a fake story, but it just, it just really fits in <laughs> the, the whole Ricky Henderson ethos. <laughs> so I really wanted that story to be true, but it's apparently fake. But there
4: you go. So- you know what I was just thinking about, too? Like, that was the year when Nino Niederreiter played, like, four minutes a game oh my God. with Marty Reisner yeah. and Jay yeah. Pandolfo. As
3: soon as, yeah. as soon as Mike said Reisner and Pandolfo, I knew that that was the year, and I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah. yeah had... <laughs>
2: the, but like, the precursor Rolston... to the best fourth line in hockey.
3: <laughs> Worst
0: fourth line in hockey.
4: <laughs> Rolston, on that, like, kind of blocking him, like, had a lot of implications there because hmm. they sent him down – Niederreiter down the next year, and then he was unhappy about that, and then he asked for a trade, and that's how it truly was the precursor to the best fourth line in hockey. The best fourth line in hockey that's been here for about eight years now.
3: (laughs) Wow. so It's funny how that ties together, in a way, kind of strangely. I mean, again, we had a direct line to Casey Zizekas, so there you go. Who saw that coming? But uh, yeah. So, Carrie, as our special guest, I want you to tie a bow on this guy. Final thoughts on Brian Rolston, Weird Islander.
4: On February 18th, 2012, on Islander Mania, I wrote, I do not care about this player anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's it.
3: That's it. That's that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. I cannot think of a better way to describe Brian Rolston's Islander career than that. (laughs) I do not care about this player. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's too funny. Wow. That's cool. Holy crap. We did it. That's amazing. Uh, wow. That was a fun discussion <laughs> about a guy all of us can't stand. We can't stand this guy. Yeah, we just wait just till left. we get to the guys we loved. Yeah, that's true. Oh Well, that, that's a good point. So. Uh, You know, we'll, we'll tie it, we'll tie it up in a minute. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it as well. We plan to do some more. We're going to have some more guests. Carrie will obviously come back, but, uh, we'll, we'll have some more guests some more Islanders. But, uh, I, I, that is the thing I want to bring up. Like I don't want this to be just like us bitching about, you know, old Islanders. I I do want to talk to some people about some Islanders that we do like that are weird Islanders. I guess Zenon Kanopka is a good example, uh, of a guy that had a lot of fans and, uh, not for nothing, but uh, Robin Leonard is a guy I think a lot of fans uh, enjoy after playing one season. He's definitely a weird Islander, but uh, we'll, we'll get to him at some other point. Um, so here's the part where uh, I ask you, the listener, for your help. I don't normally do this with uh, Islander's anxiety, but it's a different kind of show. So we're going to do this. Um, we want to hear what you think about the show. Uh, you know I'm going to post this at Lighthouse Hockey. So write in the comments. Please be constructive about your criticisms of the show. Uh, but let us know what you think. Is it funny? Do you like it? Is it something you want us to continue doing? I hope the answer is yes. The other thing we want to do is we want suggestions. Now, we do have a big list. I have curated it. A lot of dudes have, have helped. Uh, it's I think about 85 players <laughs> right now. But obviously, I'm not the end-all, be-all authority. And so if you have a suggestion for a subject of a Weird Islanders podcast, Please let us know. Uh, remember the criteria season or less as an Islander or, you know, little cups of coffee over the course of multiple seasons or a veteran that people don't generally associate with the Islanders. So as long as it's that don't say John Tavares, cause he's kind of like a weird, you know, cyborg that uh, <laughs> has no, no human emotions. Don't say that he's a weird guy, but he's not the kind of weird Islander that we're talking about right now. Um, but yeah, let us know. And, uh, and that's about it. Uh, anything, anything else to say guys, before we sign off, No? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We'll, we'll work on the outro. We'll work. on <laughs> it. Right, so so you, can, you guys don't have to write that down. We'll, we'll work on that part, but we'll figure it out. Uh, well, Carrie, this has been great. Thanks for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This was fantastic, guys. Thank this you. is great. We'll do this again. Mike, I will speak to you again soon. Uh, don't worry. Li- uh, anxiety's not going anywhere. We'll be back whenever the Islanders play another game. I don't know when that that's going to be, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god. They're never <laughs> playing again.
3: Yeah. i'm yeah, they're probably not gonna play again. But uh, but if they do, Mike and I will be there and uh and we'll we'll be there to recap it and all its silliness. Uh thanks a lot for listening. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. Check out the usual Islanders anxiety sponsors, vintage ice Betway, the prino project, and uh uh enjoy the next couple of days that the Islanders aren't gonna play. All right, thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you later. Bye bye.